hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yes, Philip Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Also with us, we have a special guest in studio as well. But don't forget, go online to robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. A host of information on that website. You can also call them anytime at 905-575-7700. Again, that number is 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. Check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget uh, forget to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. You can check out past episodes as well at 900CHML.com and on RobGolfie.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at RobGolfie.com. That's questions at RobGolfie.com. We will get to all those questions on a future program. Our special in-studio guest, let's say hello to Ettore Cardarelli, the OREA president. That's the Ontario Real Estate Association president. Ettore, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure to be here. I'm very happy to be here and uh, speak on behalf of our members. I know the golfy team, uh, Rob and Philip, have been pining to get someone from OREA <laughs> on the show for the last several months. So finally we did it. Uh, so happy to have you on board here today. Maybe we'll start with uh, laying the foundation of, because uh, our listeners might might see the acronym, might kind of hear about the you know OREA and what you guys do. For those that aren't quite familiar, what, what are you guys all about? So the Ontario Real Estate Association uh, has been around since 1922. It's essentially an association for our members um, and uh, works to represent our members in uh, government uh, legislation, uh, provide services to our members in terms of uh, education, uh, leadership development, and uh, support to the local boards, of which we have 39 across the province. At this point in time, there are just over 70,000 members in our association, and we distinguish those as uh, realtors versus registrants who are uh, licensees in Ontario, uh, of which a few extra thousand don't belong to the association, um, but that's that's where uh, we fit in. And the Ontario Real Estate Association has been progressive throughout its history in terms of impacting the development of issues that affect housing, uh, whether it's legislation or uh, uh, financial matters that relate to purchases and sales. And we continue that tradition right up to, uh, to today. So in short, OREA is a, a grand overseer of all realtors in the province. Correct. Okay. Uh, you mentioned 70,000 realtors. It seems like 65,000 are in the GTHA. <laughs> substantial. Is that, is that an accurate number. statement? It's a fairly accurate statement yes. indeed. Absolutely. Uh, and, I know. and by the way, so is uh, according to our federal partners, the Canadian Real Estate Association, so is the majority of the business in the country. Yeah. <laughs> About 60 to 70% of it is done here in, in the broader uh, GTA area. So the numbers seem to go parallel. We've seen uh, governments 
province, uh, both federal and provincial here in Ontario, institute uh, some new rules over the last several months. Uh, how big of an impact uh, has ARIA had on, on some of those decisions? Well, ARIA's had a significant impact on some of those decisions, um, at least in terms of, uh, of uh, making sure that they come on uh, with input from us and, and our members in general. Uh, the worst thing we can have, and we're getting some of that now, but the worst thing we can have is government intervention without any participation from the experts in the field. So as an example, at the beginning of the year, uh, we were very fearful because of some of the media stories that came out about very different practices in, amongst uh, uh, people uh, when they were buying and selling, mm-hmm. that the government would intervene as they did in British Columbia, and that would help to to push the government in a direction we were not comfortable with. We worked extensively with both uh, Tracy McCharles, the, the minister responsible for uh, real estate in this province, uh, and we worked extensively with her uh, bureaucrats, if you will, to make sure that our voice was heard. And in fact, we succeeded in getting the government to change their, the provincial government to change their original position to just go and regulate without hearing the members to a point where they not only uh, came on board with some of our perspectives, but they also finally agreed to review the uh, Real Estate and Business Brokers Act, which has not been done since 2002. And I, I want to footnote that by saying that prior to 2002, uh, the Real Estate and Business Brokers Act had actually not been modernized since 1922. Mm, wow. So, <laughs> uh, you know, now we're pushing for change in, in 15 years, and that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so we've engaged in a process that involves our members in that exercise, and we can talk about that some more. I know uh, Philip and Rob have a ton of questions for you, but uh, I always find it fascinating to learn how people get into what they do. How did you get into the real estate uh, game? I, you know, I was involved with a whole bunch of, personally involved with a whole bunch of community development exercises, and I always wanted to do something on my own. So that's basically how it, uh, how it came about. And so I'm now in my, uh, I'm my 31st year as a realtor, 29 as a broker of record, an <laughs> independent company, and uh, have actually very good affiliations with the, uh, the Hamilton uh, Real Estate Board and the Hamilton community. I actually did own a house here just around the corner um, <laughs> when my... Uh, did you kids, sell while the selling <laughs> was good? Yeah, well, it, well, it was good and then it got better. So, you know, you, you, you can look at those kinds of decisions yeah. in several ways. But so I know the community here and of course I, I was at the uh, Hamilton Real Estate Board elections just recently and I thank them for for the participation in helping us fight the uh, spread of the land transfer tax across this province. I happened to be chair of the committee at that point. Uh, we attended a session here at, uh, at Hamilton City Hall and fortunately within a matter of a few weeks uh, the premier listened to us <laughs> and so they withheld introducing land transfer tax to the rest of the province and that we're forever grateful that is definitely a big big help uh because in the gta they're paying double the land transfer tax so I, I could see the weight that you put on these uh, um, uh, government officials. Yeah, in, in the city of Toronto, they definitely pay double. I'm personally in Mississauga. We don't, but in Toronto, they do, and we're still looking for ways to do that. 
The other thing we did subsequent to that, and that just happened at the beginning of, of this year, before the government introduced their 16-point plan, uh, I'm in the fortunate position of having uh, Charles Souza, the finance minister, as my representative in my writing of, uh, I still call it Park Credit, although it's Mississauga South. And uh, we, we were able to convince... Uh, uh, Charles Souza to increase the first-time buyer credit from 2000 to 4000 so that uh, first-time buyers get the rebate back. And we were after six. He couldn't financially justify that. We're still after him for the missing two. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, but the, we, we figure the 4000 uh, covers the land transfer tax in most areas of the province, and it probably did here too before you had your increases with the spring market mm. and everything. Definitely. So, before these guys uh, jump in, one more. I, I, I'm getting kind of greedy here, but uh, your impressions or Aria's impressions of what's happening in Hamilton in this market? Well, um, you know, it's a natural event. Uh, again, I 30 years in the business, I watched it go from Toronto to Mississauga to Oakville to Burlington. Mm. Now it's coming to to Hamilton uh, and and surrounding areas. So I, I heard an interview here previously where somebody said, you know, what are our kids supposed to do if they have to move out of Hamilton? And and while I respect that kind of thinking, I almost had to keep from from snickering because it's exactly the same discussion we've all had in <laughs> right. each of those communities yeah. that just keeps moving moving out. So, uh, you know, the good thing is that housing contributes to the uh, development of the economy. It's not just about houses and the prices going up, if you will. It generates construction. It generates all sorts of things. But on a retail basis, uh, depending on where you are in this province, you're benefiting anywhere from fifty to seventy thousand dollars additional purchases and expenditures every time a house is sold. So certainly, it's had an impact on the Hamilton market in terms of housing itself, but it's also helped to stimulate your your industries in terms of the retail market and everything else. So you can't just build houses and not have retail stores and plazas and everything else. So exactly. you can see the impact of that for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, are you a listener of the show? I'm not a constant <laughs> Who's listener. Who's not? Come but, on! But, but I am. I think I, we're going to have to plug that in as yeah, a, yeah, as yeah an I'm not not co- not constantly, <laughs> but but yes, I I do. We appreciate awesome. the support. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, my first question is: We see a lot of the government initiatives that are implemented are more for you know the hot markets such as Vancouver, Toronto right? Why does the rest of Canada have to be affected by these government initiatives when we're, when it's our markets that's, that's not so much being affected by those, you know, by, by that? Well, you know, if you listen to the analysts and, and the guys that do that kind of work, they will tell you that, that essentially the fundamental problems in Ontario were the same as what they were in BC. Um, and, and it would just have certain components in BC that the government was not willing to be patient with. The other thing, and we have to be honest here, is our colleagues, and it's not being critical, it's just looking after it, looking at it after the fact, uh, you know, the Real Estate Association there and our colleagues and even CREA itself were not very involved in terms of responding. So as I said a few minutes ago, uh, we took the initiative. We had the same feeling because we have constant meetings with these people. Um, um, w- 
we're constantly meeting with the opposition leaders, uh, the third parties in Ontario, as well as the government, to prevent unexpected things from happening. There's nothing worse than having stuff thrown at us that we're not familiar with or we're not comfortable with. So we made it an initiative, and that's one of the reasons that we we did bring Tim Hudak on board, um, is that that kind of political expertise would be available to us, and we would be able to strengthen our position. So we constantly are at Queen's Park uh, promoting our positions, and, and the government is, you know, our objective is to make sure that before the government introduces anything that affects the real estate market, that they can at least say to themselves, we did talk to Aria. They may not always agree with us, but we want them to be able to say, we made that call. And that's happening a lot more now. So we were, I think, both skillful and influential in terms of making sure that when the government did intervene, it was not all on their terms. We're going to take our first time out here. Still to come, we'll talk about the Bank of Mom and Dad, education standards for Aria, and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them today at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. And check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And if you have a question for the Golfie team, it's easy to do. Just email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Our special in-studio guest today is the president of the Ontario Real Estate Association, more commonly known as RIA, Tori Cartarelli, and uh, we welcome him back to the show. We'll talk about uh, education standards for RIA in a second, uh, but you wanted to uh, touch on uh, RIA discussion papers. So what uh, goes on in these papers? So as, as part of our uh, commitment to have the uh, industry modernized and to have uh, uh, better service provided to uh, to customers. Um, uh, we took it upon ourselves to encourage the government to do a full review. They did that in two steps, or they're doing that in two steps. The first one uh, dealt with representation, double ending, if you will, and uh, and the second step is a complete review of the act. So, with the first part in terms of who represents who and who can represent who. Um, we were, again, influential in being able to convince the government not to eliminate um, double representation completely, but rather to leave that as a consumer choice. It is very important ingredient that if someone's been working with a buyer for, you know, third or fourth time, uh, and there's a relationship established, and they also happen to express an interest in your own particular listing, that relationship may have absolutely every reason to continue on valid grounds as long as everybody's informed properly. So that's what we mean by consumer choice. Um, Beyond that, we wanted to make sure that the education levels in this province and the practice 
professional standards, if you will, are increased. And so to that extent, we've engaged in a open dialogue with our members um, by issuing a series of, of position papers, which we call white papers. And we've broken down the Real Estate and Bro- Business Brokers Act into different segments. And at each of those, we're asking our members to let us know what their point of view is on that. So for instance, right now, education is only available online. Many of our members continue to say, I would like to go to the classroom as well. Hmm. Um, it's not necessarily an age thing, so it's it's there, that kind of a request. So we're putting out position papers that deal with those kinds of issues. Do we raise the standard by saying, you know, you must have a, a high school equivalent or a university equivalent or a college equivalent? We can, we can come up with answers as leaders, but this is the time when we want the members involved. It may be another 50 years before we get to influence the act again. So uh, we want to give people the opportunity to say you have one year now before the next provincial election to contribute to this process, and please do take advantage of it. Is there any sense in having almost like a teacher's college? You can have a realtor's college, a physical, or even doesn't have to be physical. (coughs) It can be online, but it can be physical as well, uh, sort of a realtor's college. Well, we had that to some extent, and uh, while we weren't issuing diplomas, we we certainly were issuing uh, uh, graduation certificates and pass marks to allow people to be able to register with the Real Estate Council of Ontario. Um, over time, and in particular in the last uh, uh, five years or so, uh, the Real Estate Council of Ontario took it upon itself to reclaim education, uh, the provision of education back in their own ranks. And so they began to set the standard for what can be changed and what can't. So we have been delivering the courses for some time now, but rather ineffectively in terms of modernizing the program. And as a result, it, it just kind of got to a frustrating level. And then they came along and said, no, we're, we're going to run it through somebody else. And so that's what's happening. So we will actually be out of the education business completely by the year 2020. We won't be out of educating our members. We'll just be out of the formal education process. And, and, where, I, and where, that's unfortunate. Where's the, where's the edu- and where's what's that going to look like in the year 2020? Well, right. In terms of somebody, somebody who wants to get their license in the year 2020, what, what's it going to look yeah, like? We don't know right now. Uh, there's a new provider uh, affiliated with Humber College. It's uh, As far as we know right now, it's totally online. Uh, for the moment, we can only assume that they'll keep some of the, the uh, regulations that we've put into place, and it might be a few more years after that before we, we actually do see any changes. Uh, but that's why we want our members to speak. The other thing that I want to just highlight there is that If our members speak now, they're speaking to the government and they're speaking to the ministry, to the minister. Uh, We're not just speaking to RICO here. So this is the the highest time when we can have an impact. After that, it's just the debate between RICO and ARIA. One final thought on the white papers. Our listeners can uh, get more information at rebareform.ca. That's R-E-B-B-A, reform.ca, and a host of information on that website. Absolutely. Uh, In terms of education, are we... Are we, uh, do we have smarter, better, more efficient realtors now? Are we going to have that in the future with these new education uh, streams? You know, I think we've had that for a considerable amount of time. 
Um, the challenge is always that technology changes and ch technology changes all of us, but technology also improves us. But it improves us by challenging us. So, you know, it's kind of like I used to have a lovely gentleman in my office uh, years ago, and every time we changed the photocopier, he'd come by and say, but I just learned to use the old one. <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and so the problem is now he goes to use the new one, and he's obviously making some mistakes. Mm -hmm. Tell so, us the truth. Is that you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't me, but, uh, you know. Um, but, but these things do happen. So it's similar in our field. Look, it was only, it was only two years ago that we got, um, 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 I can't even think of the name now, the uh, online signature. Yeah, the docu it's called right. DocuSign. The well, DocuSign program is one, one highly, very, you know what? Electronic very, Yeah, exactly. Very so, highly efficient. Exactly. But, but, you know, there are still people who don't use it. There are still people who don't understand it. And so it takes time some, sometimes in the exercise to be able to bring everybody on right. board. Right, yeah. And if you don't go... Um, you know, if you don't go to your brokerage and ask for advice, ask how to do things, you try to experiment on your own, sometimes you make mistakes. Look, we have a lot of good realtors in this business. We have a lot of people that mean well and do well. But sometimes mistakes happen innocently as well, and we can't just be jumping over people all the time. There are, from time to time, those that we wish were not in the business, and we're looking at ways to take care of those mm -hmm. guys as well. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I wanted to get into representation in terms of, there's a lot of like, let's call it wa water cooler talk in terms of how is this going to affect, you know, the realtor? Where is it? What's it going to look like? I know BC's doing theirs. They've, they've committed that they're going to, they're going to ban uh, double ending or multiple representation. Yeah. Um, That's in July. Yeah. And we kind of said, you know, we, it's going to be interesting to see what, what it does to them and how they react to it. But in speaking for the teams, cause you know, we're, we're a team. What's that going to look like for the teams um, in terms of the, the multiple representation? So, again, every brokerage will have a slightly different variation in terms of how they want business done in their own offices, and none of us have the, the ability to really interfere with that. The bottom line is that if, as long as you're not a single proprietor working by yourself, um, then generally you have an opportunity to do, let's just use the term that people understand, uh, to, to do a double ender in the same office or in the same team. With teams, it's a little bit more complicated because uh, everybody knows everybody in the team, and sometimes it's hard to distinguish between uh, do they all know the same buyer, do they all know the same seller. But certainly within the brokerage, so that still needs to, to be clarified somewhat. Right. But certainly within the same brokerage, there's no reason, particularly in large brokerages like the one you guys belong to, uh, there's no reason that you can't have both a buyer and a seller uh, with the REMAX sign or Century 21 or whatever and, uh, and be able to do both, both ends of that deal. So uh, we have to wait now for the forms and, and the process to be formally uh, identified, but that's where we're heading with that. When, ask, him, ask him when will it be in. When, when do you expect uh, that to kick in gear for, uh, for Ontario? Ontario? Uh, well, it's there. It's, it's there now. It's coming into effect immediately. It's just oh. a matter of having the mechanism in place to be able to do that. Right. Wow. Thanks. Wow.
And in fact, I have to I have to say that a lot of our brokers took the initiative right away and said, you know what, we're not waiting for any formal dates. We're doing this now because the bottom line is, you know, we, we pay errors and emissions on these things. And why wait for three months or four and months now, for something to happen yeah. that you Look, might regret? Looking back, is this market driven? Like yep. in the first quarter of this year, we saw, you know, you know, you know, multiple offer, tons and tons of multiple offer scenarios where this might have prevented maybe a couple of lawsuits or a couple, um, you know, scenarios where, where the, you know, people weren't acting in the best interest of their buyer or their seller. Is this a, a result of that or was this already, you know? No, I think this is a slightly different issue. I mean, there was some impact of that. It's a slightly different issue. Um, because multiple offers, particularly before the government, came, the provincial government came out with their 16-point plan, had to do more with uh, the craziness of the market and being able to just succeed at getting a property. So it really had less to do with what was the selling price, who how, who got it, how did they get it, uh, and so we saw at the early part of the year, an abundance of uh, coming soon signs that never hit the the open market. Um, uh, We saw an abundance of uh, properties coming to MLS and selling before the presentation dates. There were all sorts of other challenges with that. And so that led to the government stepping in and introducing their their 16-point plan. Uh, there's a, a story that uh, is out today. It's a, a report released by Sotheby's International Realty Canada. We've been kind of teeing it up as uh, the bank of mom and dad. Uh, did a survey that shows the baby boomers are set to become the beneficiaries of the largest intergenerational wealth transfer in Canadian history. It noted that baby boomers are set to inherit as much as $750 billion for an average of $180,000 per bequest, based on calculations by CIBC. Uh, such a transfer means that boomers could have a multi-level effect on Canadian real estate, and it found that many baby boomers are already supporting the next generation of home buyers or are set to do so in the coming years. So we getting steady, uh, getting ready for another, as you called the spring, stupid insane, are we getting set for another time frame in which uh, the real estate market is, is insane, is crazy? Well, I guess as realtors, you all want to see if it. You, well, the answer, the answer is, you know, the, the simple answer is yes. Yeah. Um, I, and and it, it has nothing to do with uh, really the bank of mom and dad. I'll, I'll make a personal comment on that okay. because uh, that's the term I use when I, when I said to the finance minister, uh, you know, the benefit of having my own personal house go up in value uh, which some builder would come along and buy it and tear it down anyways, is that money would have gone to my kids right. to, for them to buy. And they're in that category. I said, but by doing what you did, you've now helped to empty part of the bank of mom and dad. So I no longer have that equity <laughs> to pass over to <laughs> them. So <laughs> that's the personal comment. Um, but but the, the reality is, look, British Columbia moves so quickly and so hard on the industry, even to the point where they were calling our, our people names, um, uh, bad names, that they eventually, a few months later, they regretted what they did. So even though the government still runs the industry, still controls much of what happens in British Columbia, they then had to come back and reintroduce things to create stimulus. Mm-hmm. Now they've created stimulus, which in Ontario, frankly, we didn't lose all of. So it's still there. Um, uh, so will it will it come back? 
yes, because the movement is still going to be from the center out, and those with the highest property values in the Toronto area as they get older will begin to sell, move out, whether it's Grimsby or Muskoka or anywhere else, and they will take that money there. Some of it they will leave for for their kids. Uh, we've also, of course, heard stories of people saying, well, I want to buy more than one property because I also want to buy one for my grandkids. Look, in the general Lake Ontario area, if you will, we're suffering from a huge problem of supply. And anytime you're short on supply, prices will be affected. Doesn't matter what you do in terms of controlling demand. If the supply isn't there, it's just like trying to buy the last toy on Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or price is going to go up. Bitcoin. Yeah. Or Bitcoin. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so the simple answer is yes, but yeah. can we manage it more responsibly? Probably. Yeah, the other thing, you know what, that that's going to increase everything. People buying boats, second homes, oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. everything. That's going to, there'll be a, a big demand and renovations. Uh, that definitely, and, and it's starting to happen now. Am I yeah. correct about that? that the, the transfer of wealth is slowly, yeah. and especially in the next 10 years and 20 years, it's just going to be rapidly yeah. happening. There's Absolutely. no doubt about that. Yeah. What's your best guess on how long that wave is going to last? Is that a 20-year wave or is that maybe too far. I don't know. Obviously, there's a you lot know, of things I'm, that can happen. I, I'm a forever optimist. I still remember people who asked me 30 years ago, should I wait? Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not oh. trying to be funny, but, you know, uh, look, if, if, you're, if your intention is to buy housing for you to live in, mm-hmm. the worst you can do at any time is to wait. If you're buying for investment, then there's all sorts of other factors you can look at. But if you're buying to live, the sooner you do it, the better. Yeah, this is an unbelievable report by Sotheby's. From my experience, I have not worked with a first-time home buyer who has not gotten help from their parents. Right. Who who has not? So it's you. You definitely see it. It's it's the gifted letters from the financial institutions. They would see it all the time, where they're where the, the parents are gifting the money for the down payment. It happens all the time. So if this is going to continue to happen, you're going to start to see the refinances, and you're going to start to see the you know people pulling the equity out of their homes, especially as the the, the market heats up and, and dump it into these different properties. Mm-hmm. Bank of Mom and Dad has uh, done some good things over the past uh, <laughs> uh, decades. Uh, still to come on the show, we'll talk about uh, mandatory designated representation, uh, the home energy rating and disclosure program, and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio here with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. Call them today at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. And check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Don't forget, if you have a question for the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. 
you can email questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. And be sure to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Download it now, or you can check out past episodes as well at 900chml.com and robgolfie.com. Uh, the Home Energy Rating and Disclosure Program is our next topic. Our in-studio guest uh, is Aria president, Tori Cartarelli. Uh, so let's tackle the Home Energy Rating and Disclosure Program. And Philip had a, had a question on this. Yeah, this is interesting because I think it was last week that we actually talked about what millennials are looking for. And yes. energy efficiency was, was one of the top things on the list that, you know, you know, new millennials or, or, or millennials that are buying houses, what, what they're looking for. So um, the Home Energy uh, Rating and Disclo- Disclosure Program is currently being reviewed by the provincial government. Um, what, what is this program? Okay, so this program doesn't actually exist at this point. It's a name that we've uh, assigned now for some time to the general uh, direction of where the government wants to go. And uh, I'm sorry, but I'm a bit of a storyteller, so I have to let you know where this the, the starting point was. Uh, a couple of years ago, the government wanted to introduce mandatory energy audits on every single home before it could go on the market, before it could go on MLS. And then they wanted that particular rating number, however described, to actually be posted on the MLS system. Obviously, as a membership association, uh, we had concerns, first of all, that they had no business regulating the MLS per se. And secondly, they really have no business telling the consumer how they can trade in the marketplace. Those are elements of free enterprise that we, we respect within the association. We succeeded in part. Uh, by constantly keeping this issue in front of them and to try and remind them that the most successful programs have been programs that provide incentives for doing things as opposed to punishment for not. So um, in a hot market, you would have had sellers that could not have put their property on the market because they wouldn't have been able to get the number of inspectors to come and do it. They might have had to wait three, four weeks. And when we had the multiple situation offers, nobody wanted to wait three, four weeks to put their property on the market. So what we've tried to convince them at this point is that they should reintroduce some kind of a program which gives incentives to the buyer. Uh, and the buyer becomes the beneficiary as well. So that if the buyer wants to do windows or doors or insulation, they can do that. Um, but if you live in an area like I do where most of them are going to be teardowns, why are you even teasing the sellers mm-hmm. with the thought of saying you should have a rating on this house when the builder is going to rip it down the day after? Mm. So this is the kind of element that we've been pushing for. Right now, they seem to be liking our idea that we could introduce a program which realtors could promote and say, when you're, you know, you're certainly welcome as a seller to do this, but a, but a buyer uh, could benefit by having various programs that actually make the home energy uh, improve mm-hmm. and contribute to, to, uh, uh, to the government's goals of trying to reduce uh, emissions. So yeah. would that, enter, would that um, buyer uh, get some kind of rebate from well, the government for doing all this Well, that's what we're hoping for. They yeah. haven't announced a program now, okay. but that's what we're hoping for, and that's what we're trying to convince them to do that. And we're trying to tell them that, look, we're willing to put our members at your disposal to promote this, not just your advertising programs, not just home inspectors, but our members would would have this information available so that we actually see an impact. Because the other thing is, 
if you do the rating and the seller says, well, my house is rated 4.5, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And secondly, the buyer comes in and says, well, you know, your house is 4.5 instead of 7. I'm offering you 50000 less. Great. The buyer saves $50,000 less. They don't spend it on improving the house. Mm-hmm. So there's no net benefit to the government in trying to show that they've met their quota in terms of reducing green green uh, and emissions is this, and so on. Like, would, the, um, would they just come in and see, like, they would just look at the age of the windows? You know, what, what type of what type of test would they do? Like, what would, what would well, be an would, example? It would have to test? be done through some kind of a home inspection. Right. And uh, the biggest problem with that is there are not not enough inspectors in this province to be able to service the province adequately, even for the, the number of sales that we have. Right. It's way it's way too fast moving for for to delay it like yeah. this. It's we, just I way mean, too fast. Yeah, moving. it's not that we we as an association are absolutely behind the the, the green movement. That's not an issue for us. Uh, it's just a matter of how it gets done and when it gets done, and that it actually becomes meaningful and that it has productive results. So right now it's a little bit delayed because we're waiting for the federal government to clarify what its objectives are as well. But you do see the program or some sort of program or initiative being implemented in terms of yeah, absolutely. The, the, the we're, energy, we're, the we're not going to be able to reverse the trend, and nor do we want to. And, of course, if you look at Europe, whether it's England or, or continental Europe, uh, you will often see on listings that there is some kind of a rating there. Right. Uh, so it's not a matter of trying to necessarily resist that. It's a matter of how and how the results are actually beneficial to anybody. One more break to go. You are listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Uh, house. Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them today at 905-575-7700. That's 575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website, Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Uh, our in-studio guest today, Tori Cartarelli, the the uh, OREA president, that's the Ontario Real Estate Association president, is with us today. Um, the Home Buyers Plan, the federal liberals, uh, this is a new story from earlier this week. Uh, federal liberals having uh, second thoughts about a 2015 campaign promise out of concern that expanding the popular Home Buyers Plan would throw fuel on Canada's overheated housing markets. An internal federal document suggests high housing prices are a key reason the liberals don't appear to be in a hurry to fulfill this pledge that would enable Canadians to dip back into their registered retirement savings plans uh, to pay for the home. Uh, the June briefing note offers new details on the status of the Liberal promise to expand the plan by allowing individuals affected by major life events, such as the death of a spouse, to go back into their RSPs without penalty for down payment. The Trudeau government says the promise is still in progress but faces unspecified challenges. Uh, it seemed to be a good plan when it was in effect. Thoughts? Yeah. 
So uh, let me give you, first of all, uh, quickly, a provincial comparable. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of our ability to be able to convince the province to address the issue of housing was that they brought together a housing task force. It's met three or four times already, meeting again uh, later in December. And uh, around the table is a group of uh, people that range from housing to mortgage companies to lenders and so on. We're there as well. And so we're able to talk. Federally, we haven't seen that. And one of the difficulties right now is we have the Bank of Canada participating, we have CMHC participating, we have the government itself participating, and none of these things seem to be done in a cooperative effort. Uh, I'm not going to speak for our national organization, but it's really difficult when the prime minister says, uh, you know, we believe that that housing should be a fundamental right, Mm -hmm. and then these programs all conflict with each other. So I think there's a need to do some coordination at the national level as well. Obviously, if there's funds available, whether they're in RSPs or in the bank of mom and dad in terms of equity in a home, we believe that investment in purchasing a home, particularly for a principal residence, is important to this country, and we would continue to support that. So there's a little bit of a conflict going on right now, uh, and, and the biggest dilemma right now is that the rules that CMHC has introduced that go into effect on January 1st seem to contradict uh, everything else that everybody else is talking about in general terms. So we have to find a way to do that. Uh, we could be in for a major slowdown in, in January because that those set of lending rules will take away anywhere from 25 to 30 percent of the buying power and and the uh, the ability for people to qualify for mortgages. So there, we may be going through yet another adjustment period. So it's a little bit too early for, I think, the federal government to step in and say, no, we shouldn't do that because we might still be going through a different level. Uh, and this is, I understand this is one of the problems when you're dealing with national issues, but nonetheless, uh, there seems to be just a conflict in, in philosophies right now. Federal government also uh, legalizing the recreational use of marijuana, which might uh, allow more people to grow cannabis in their homes, which might lead to more mold in homes and other hazards. Yeah. This is obviously a concern, too, <laughs> for you know realtors who are you know trying to uh, get people in, in, in and out of homes. Yeah, and disclosure of yeah. the use of a home... Uh, um, is always an issue, and we we always include clauses in in our offers that deal with that in some capacity. So yes, the number of properties that could be affected by that um, is likely to be increased. Mm-hmm. Wow, I think that's a, a whole nother show, Rick. That is a whole nother show. Yeah, we'll get the prime minister in for that <laughs> yeah. one. <Yes>. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, so uh, exciting day tomorrow at the Golfy yeah. Team office. Come down to 1 Markland Street, um, right by St. Joseph's Hospital there. We're going to have Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to the office. We're going to have a um, a bunch of games. It's going to be, a, you know, the entire Christmas spirit is going to be in full effect. Um, we're going to have a professional photographer there on site to uh, take a picture of uh, you and your family with, with Santa Claus. So it's going to be a good day. Avoid the lines at the malls. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> You know what? Some of those lines, like you walk, oh, you're walking ridiculous. through a mall during the holiday season. It's like they're down and around the mall, and they got security there. It's, it's like, like waiting outside the Apple Store when the next iPhones it's come out. You got millions of people to see Santa. So skip the lines at the malls. Come come to the golfy team office. Who was in charge of decorating uh, the uh, the house? 
Oh, I, I, uh, I hired. That wasn't a, you. <laughs> 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 I was. Uh, I, I did have somebody help me out with that, and I did have to pay them for that. Just, uh, well, just it was money well spent. It looks just, fantastic. Well, just last weekend, I'm there with the leaf blower because I had my family um, Christmas party at uh, at the office, and. Uh, Somebody pull, pulls up and uh, that, that knew me said, Rob, don't you have somebody uh, doing that for you? I go, I love doing yard work. You know, I don't get a chance to do it. And sometimes they do catch me doing cutting the lawn in my uh, suit. But, uh, wow. you know, because sometimes my kids don't do it. Ah. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, but please come uh, Saturday. Uh, I mean, sorry, Sunday uh, yep. tomorrow uh, to the uh, office. And you can check out online uh, what when the uh, time is. Go to robgolfie.com. Yeah, and the, uh, we have we have a Facebook events page, so we've we've been trying to promote it, post it everywhere. Everybody is welcome. Um, it's gonna be a great event, and uh, and uh, we're excited. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, just uh, to say that this is one of the things that we're most proud of as an association is that many of our members do this kind of thing at yeah. the community level, and it's an awesome level of participation that very few other sectors engage in. So congratulations to these gentlemen and congratulations to all our members who support their local community. Well said. Awesome. Tori, thanks for coming in. Golfy team, thanks again for coming <laughs> in. We will uh, be back next Saturday at 9 right here on 900 CHML.